when that big boom happened in the trades, we were so well positioned on just about every keyword. We had so many calls, mm -hmm. but ours was the actual experience, right? We have the calls, but we'll lose you, right? So we have to calm down, really take things slowly when we're inside the home, craft an experience, and not be the company that's in your home for four hours. Welcome to the Lead In Podcast, where we dive deep into genuine stories of leaders who've seized control of their journey. This podcast is brought to you by Lead Hub, your growth partner for the trades. And now, I'm going to kick it over to our guy, Austin Lenny. I got the man, the myth, the legend himself, Matty Marshall in the house. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. Uh, we're going to get into all that good stuff first, but I, I told you a quote last week that I live by, uh, which is another a fisherman sees another fisherman from afar. Um, you know, we don't, we, we're getting to know each other, but we, sounds like we both grew up in the restaurant business, which yep. makes you uh, a multitasker, a drinker, um, uh, anxiety written, uh, mm -hmm. a partier healthy and uh, really good at communication there's a lot of good yeah. that comes with it too but uh yeah. <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> you know i, I have this trick right I, ha I have this trick i swear it's the weirdest thing in the world i can spot a teacher even if they don't teach anymore i can tell you they're a teacher mm -hmm. because the way that they talk to mm -hmm. you you know and i can do the same thing if you've been in the restaurant business Oh, absolutely. I, not the teacher for me, but uh, the restaurant business, 100%. When I'm out with people and they're starting to stack the plates or, you know, they're very almost, almost overly like, uh, you know, I appreciate you so much, right? Um, well, it's almost the, the, overconfident. The, the, well, you know, you, because this happens to me with people I don't know, like you're at a business meeting, right? Or like you're mm -hmm. at a group of people that you don't know. And like a couple of people hang back to make sure that they got tipped yeah. enough. Like, you know, that's, that's right. me too. It's like, <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, you know, give the audience a little bit about yourself and kind of give them the, the 411. Yeah. So, uh, born and raised in Shreveport, Louisiana, so North Louisiana. I was there my, uh, pretty much my entire life up until I was 20 years old. So, uh, dad was a sports writer, brother was a sports writer, sister was an editor of a newspaper. We had our life planned out, uh, went to the same elementary school. Uh, kindergarten, middle school, high school, college, same major. And when I was about 19, I realized quickly, like, I don't want to do that. I, I want to go forge my own path. And um, my wife, uh, then girlfriend, now wife, played soccer up at LSUS. And she had family here and got a job here in San Antonio. And I moved down here at 20, started working in fine dining, a place called Luke, John Best Restaurant down in San Antonio. Um, that's where mm -hmm. I got my start and then was lucky enough to be involved with the opening of a uh, now world-renowned hotel, Hotel Emma down at the Pearl. Mm -hmm. uh, at that point, I was uh, uh, then kind of got an itching to go into the trades. Uh, my wife, um, she worked with uh, a gentleman by the name of Ben Hubbard, who owned at the time Champion AC. He saw mm -hmm. me, said, I don't know what you're going to do, uh, but you're going to come work for me. I, I don't mm -hmm. know what, how mm -hmm. we're going to make this happen. And uh, at that point, he pulled me in, started off as an outreach manager, just customer reviews and client experience and grew in, grew into marketing coordinator, then marketing director and assistant general manager. And then when we sold, went to work with Southern Air as the director of business development. Uh, mm -hmm. Left then, went to a home remodeling company um, uh, called Southwest Exteriors, was a marketing director there, 15 to $18 million shop. 
and then said, I'm just going to run my own business, right? I'm tired of working for other people. I'm going to go run my, my own. So now I'm an owner operator for a company down in San Antonio called Right, uh, right AC, Right AC Services. Uh, just came off a really great year. We're really excited and a lot of momentum going into 2024. And, you know, I, I know that restaurant that you speak of in San Antonio, and it was a very high, highly touted owner and chef for a long time. Um, you know, for me, when I worked in high-end restaurants, which is pretty much what I did the back half of my career, um, I, I find that I'm so drawn to the, the business world because of those relationships of the customers. You know, Absolutely. the guy that was having wine at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday, you know, I'm like, Hey man, what do you do? And he's like, ah, I own my own business. I sold my business. And I, I really feel like it piqued my interest. Did it do the same for you? Absolutely. There was a gentleman, older gentleman. He had retired. He came in to Luke, sat on the edge, had his own spot. We had a seat for Mr. Richard was his name. Yes, yes, he read yes. the newspaper, had the same drink and we're drawn to him, right? Exactly what she said. What do you do? How can you do this? Right? Like <laughs> I'm waking, I'm getting home at three o'clock in the morning. I'm waking up. I'm, barely hopping in the shower coming down here just hectic hectic and he is as calm and cool as could be i had two businesses i uh, sold one of them and said i'm making life easy on myself and i said okay well maybe i need to kind of forge a different path and, and go a separate mm -hmm. uh, in a separate path but use my experiences here to make an impact in another industry um and, and i was lucky enough to be able to do that when you're because i know it took me many years and, and kind of some missteps you know the big disconnect is when people try to leave the restaurant business, right? There is some autonomy to it. You kind of come and you go, you make a lot of cash. You know, how did you, how were you able to leave and, and kind of not get pulled back in? And more importantly, how did you give yourself the freedom to kind of uh, bet on yourself and jump into this new thing world you didn't know anything about? Yeah, I, um, you know, I was in, in banquets. So I was lucky enough to work the floor when it was busy. Um, but also work in banquets and especially down there working on the river walk, it, it, it dries up quickly in the summer. And I started to realize, Hey, in the summer, I gotta, I gotta find a way to make more money. You know, I have a, I have a, uh, then girlfriend trying to get engaged, trying to buy a ring. So I just kind of reached out to people and I said, you should probably join the, the hotel, right? There's a ton of tourism that comes through here. Um, so that was my first kind of jumping off point. It was fringe enough, right? It was, it was, close enough to being in a restaurant that I still felt some of those pools, but I also kind of taught myself like, Hey, it's, I don't have tables, right? I'm just, I'm, I'm here trying to make sure Austin's experience at this hotel is something he's going to talk about for years. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I mm -hmm. took that and went over to champion AC. And again, um, the gentleman I worked with was like, I want you to do that same thing. I want you yes. to do that internally. And I want you to do that externally. I want you to build a client experience. And this is back in 2016 where, the trades were still stuck in some old ways and it wasn't necessarily the relationship. It was get it on the board, get a technician out there. We're going to stay in the mm -hmm. home until we get it sold. And mm -hmm. we were again, very, very lucky that we found that at the right time of review generation, we're going to change the way that our clients experience the company. So I was still able mm -hmm. to pull from all those experiences and lucky enough to find a spot to where, I didn't have to get rid of some of those old habits right away, right? I, I eased out of those. You know, the hardest thing for me to overcome coming out of the restaurant industry into the home services industry is restaurant, we close, you turn the lights off, it's done, right? There are no more tables. There's no more work. My hardest thing to overcome was there's always something else to do. 
right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I had really good leaders that would tell me, hey, it's gonna be here in the morning, right? Um, I had one leader write on a chalkboard uh, that I had and it said, is there anything else you can accomplish today? And he would say, if that, the answer to that is no, right? Then leave, right? If you can yeah. accomplish something else, by all means, stay until eight. But if there's nothing else you can do yeah. or, can, or can wait till tomorrow, get out of here, right? Or, you, or you're gonna burn yourself out. And, and that was a lesson I learned early on. Well, it's interesting, right? Uh, and obviously I know Ben, but when, when owners of companies allow, whether it be the technician, the CSR, um, just management, business development, whatever they are, it's, it's almost like they give them kind of their own silo to manage, like meaning like mm -hmm. it's your own business within a business. It feels like the freedom to do that and kind of have the rope to mess up instead of micromanage really allows you to tap into the skills that you learned in, in the uh, restaurant business. Absolutely. I mean, you know, in the restaurant business, uh, you know, if a table's mad or you got to comp something, you're hearing it from chef, you're hearing it from the GM, you're hearing it from the other way, you're hearing it from everybody, right? Because it's a team effort. Um, you know, again, when I came over there, I, I made like, I think I was like late one day or, and I was terrified, right? Like you can't be late in the restaurant. You, you got to get there, you got to get there early, you got to get prepped, got to get, you know, get with chef, learn everything. I was terrified. And he goes, hey, you're good. You know, I, he could mm -hmm. see it on my face. And that was the first like, oh, I'm, I'm in control of myself here, right? If mm -hmm. Three minutes isn't the end of the world. Um, yeah, it was definitely a learning experience when I first got there. But having people, like you said, that give you that, that longer leash, you know, and, and you mm -hmm. can really be impactful. Um, that was huge in my growth from about 2016 to 2018. Mm -hmm. And when you're... Um... When you're growing a business, right? You're wearing a lot of hats. You're you're kind of moving up. You're 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 finding other people. You know, I I've told this story a couple times, but you know, and I I'd be curious to hear if this ever happened to you. Like my dream, like when I thought about either buying a business or going into this space, was like I was a bartender and I sold wine and I was around a lot of people a lot of times, and I waited on a lot of regulars, and I. I hope so much that one person would be like, Hey man, you're better than this. Like come work for me. Like that's been my, that was my dream my entire career. Mm -hmm. It never happened. But now that I can do that for other people, I see opportunities everywhere saying, man, you got a skill set here. Maybe it's a little unrefined. Maybe you don't really know HVAC plumbing, whatever this is, but there are skills that can be transferred over. Um, that are really going to highlight this company that we're trying to build here. Yeah. I, again, I was, um, you know, kind of a ambiguous hire, if you will, like we're We'll find something. Right. And so at first I was like, I was, I'm a, I'm the youngest of three. I played annoying little brother. I, <laughs> if there was a meeting, I was knocking on the door. Hey, can I be in here? Right. Mm -hmm. If there was uh, a vendor that, you know, Hey, I'm going to be late. Can you, can you entertain them? Absolutely. Let me pick their brain. I did that for a solid year. Right. I, my direction was not going to go into marketing. It was pretty much going to always be client relation, right. And client experience, mm -hmm. but I just learned it just kind of through osmosis. Like you said, I had somebody that believed in me. Um, I got pulled out. You know, I think of that scene every, of course, everybody's worked in the industry knows the, the movie waiting, right. When it's a group of businessmen and they love Justin Long's character and he's so excited and they hand the business card. He thinks he's going to get out of it. And it's just another restaurant. Right. Like you said, I was lucky enough to get pulled out of that and I was determined to prove that person right. 
you know, no mm -hmm. matter what it took. So I was going to learn everything. And then I just found blind spots, you know, like, Hey, what don't you like to do? Okay. I'll do it. You know, cause you just, you're going to learn from it. Most people, most business owners, they're not blind spots. It's just stuff they graduated above, you know? So, you know, tracking the data, making sure the campaigns are correct, you know, listening to calls and coaching and all those things, business owners know how to do that, but they've graduated from it, right? There's not enough time in the day for them to worry about that. So that's what I came in and did. And that's how I was impactful in that first and second year. See, I think you have, a, I think you have a lot of similar tendencies. Like people think because I'm doing so much that I don't see everything. I see mm -hmm. everything. Doesn't mean I have to comment on everything, but I see it. Correct. And, and it's like, mm -hmm. if something crossed my eye and you're like, mm, that doesn't look right. Like, like mm -hmm. I don't tell Mark, my podcast producer a lot. I don't have a lot of direction for him, but if something's mm -hmm. off skew, boom, I'm, you know, it's a, it's yeah. a comment. But other than that, it's like, Hey man, do what you do. Right. Same with lead hub mm -hmm. in our business. Right. Like yep. I don't ever say anything about the marketing because they're the, they're the experts, mm -hmm. but if it's off skew, I, I, I see it. Right. It's discount tire. You don't go to discount tire and go, you know what? I think we should have a nine or a six or, you know, slided. Uh, like, what are you talking about, dude? We put on tires here. You know? Right. Right. I mean, it, you know, especially with lead hub, it's, it's, you know, I was taught just know enough to be dangerous. I mean, I was in a meeting probably my second month and I was just tagging along. Right. And I was like, hey, I want to, I want to contribute. Right. And he was like, okay, answer these questions. And they asked me like, I got cost per click mixed up with cost per acquisition. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was so embarrassed because those numbers, especially in 2016, were vastly different. Right. Our cost per click, I think, was around like five or six dollars. Our cost per acquisition was like one hundred and seventy. And I jumped up, man, like I knew what I was doing, you know, and I was so embarrassed when they were like, no, you got those mixed up. But you said nobody rubbed my nose in. You know, I just went back and learned and learned and learned. And, you know, six months later. Just asking your experts, hey, what does this look like? You you taught me this, right? You taught me my mm -hmm. impression share should be X. Why is it this, right? Or or mm -hmm. or we you know our cost per acquisition jumped up by twenty percent. Can you can you help me explain it? You just have to hold them mm -hmm. accountable, right? But if you're mm -hmm. gonna come in and and breathe fire and get mad at them, they're gonna give you some BS answer, and because they know you don't know it and you can't go find it. You know, and it's just going to be this constant. But if you're an actual true partner with them and know enough and, and you're not rubbing your vendors noses in it or your employees noses in it. And they like you said, they have the leash to go make mistakes. They'll report back to you exactly what you just said. They know what you're looking at and they'll give you the information before you have to ask it. And I think that's what we need to train our people to do. You know, know what know what my triggers are. Get out in front of it and just make sure I don't have to ask the question. Because like you said, if you ask your podcast director the question, you already know the answer, you know, <laughs> but you want them to get out in front of it. So that's how we that's how we were kind of able to grow and, and create a really dynamic culture at Champion AC. Well, I think I think as young people, you're going to be in meetings or you're going to be on calls that maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you don't know that you're on, right? You don't. You, you're right. Like, Why am I here? Like my trick to you, my little tactic is like, if you hear a word that you don't know, like write a note, right. And pull it to the side. And then in your own time, like research it. Like that's my, yep. I remember it. Like it was yesterday. I was on a call with a guy who like minimum lends like 250 million. And like his last oh, was like 1.5. And I'm like leading the call and I'm like, 
why am I, why am I leading this call? I don't even understand what's going on. But mm-hmm. like my uh, fiance was like, yeah, but you're so good at it because you can handle people. You're, you're kind of putting people around and keeping them focused. Well, that's all from the restaurant business. Mm-hmm. It's all from understanding marketing. It's all from being on the, all these calls where you're just like, mostly listening. Right. And so mm-hmm. when y'all were coming up with champion, you know, that was kind of a, a hot moment for the, for the HVAC trades world. All of a sudden spotlight got thrown on, uh, you know, how did that feel when you started getting traction in the business and it started growing and you started having to hire and like there was starting to be great, great attention on the space. You know, I, I feel like timing is everything. And I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of hit it perfectly on the timing. Yeah, we, we had a, a, you know, owner with a vision. And, you know, if you've ever met, if you ever met Ben Hubbard, you're going to know really quickly, he has an energy, and he will make you believe that you won't fail, no matter what, we're not going to fail, we'll learn, but we're never going to fail. And so in 2016, we were having a hard time getting over that $6 million hump, right? It was just, you know, couldn't keep people happy. And, you know, there's, there's all this work, but people think they're entitled to it. And, you know, what we ended up really focusing in on was client experience. It was reviews, right? It was, you want to make more money, go get reviews. We started off, I think with like 146 in 2016, by the end of 2017, we put a program in that I think we had over a thousand at that point. Um, And it was right as everybody was starting to dump money into Google. But luckily, with the relationship with lead hub champion had already kind of plotted their Google experience, right. And, and what they were going to be. And if you talk to them, they go all of a sudden mm-hmm. when that big boom happened in the trades, we were so well positioned on just about every keyword. We had so many calls, mm-hmm. man. but ours was the actual experience, right? We have the calls, but we'll lose you. Right. So we have to calm down, really take things slowly when we're inside the home, craft an experience, and not be the company that's in your home for four hours, right? Be the company that we're going to answer the questions on the front end. We're going to get the, we're going to get the Intel. We're going to give it to our comfort advisor and the comfort advisor. When they knock on that door, they already have a friend, right? It's not just, okay, yeah, we'll be out there 1030 boom, go, right? We're going to talk you through everything. We're going to talk you about what to expect. We plan out with videos about, you know, what to expect on your, on your visit from a comfort advisor, what to expect on your tune up, what to expect with an install. And when we started doing that, average ticket went up, right? Mm-hmm. We, you know, the quality of the leads went up. I always tell people in 2019 is when we, is when we crossed the threshold from 10 to 12 was a big year for us. And then COVID hits, right? And we're, we're scrambling, we're panicking. We had the same amount of calls, right? We had just trained and trained and hit on, you know, operation, we're gonna use tags, we're gonna use, you know, make sure we understand our campaigns, make sure that we know where our waste is coming from. We had the same amount of calls, right? almost the same amount of leads, I think a 2% decrease in leads, 2019 and 2020, and we did 15 and a half million in COVID, right? Now people are in their home, there's a lot There's a lot to expect there, but not for the first four months when you're trying to make it. Mm-hmm. What we noticed was we dove so deep into that experience, into data aggregation, that we were just making smart decisions. That's really what it comes down to, is our ability to make some really smart decisions. We went from six to 15 million in from 2017 to 2020, and the big emphasis was, was culture, be easy to work with, data. That was it. Well, it's so interesting, right? Especially living inside of a company now. Um, 
there's so much to do on the front end of, of like, you know, and this is a whole separate, another podcast, but like branding and marketing aren't the same thing. And if you think they are, then you're wrong right off the bat. All right. The second thing is, is the execution of lead to sell, to book, to execution, to review, to payment. I mean, we're talking about seven different steps that need about 15 it's not just hey i'm just showing up and it's whatever like there's so i tell you what and 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 i will say this on camera and i've said it every time i go to an event and i talk to anybody i'm a sales guy i can sell like nobody could sell i can't sell hvac plumbing there's so much uh knowledge base information that you need to understand is this a boiler or furnace when was it built a steam boiler I really take so much pride in understanding how knowledgeable our guys are and the years they put in because, man, I mean, don't get me wrong. I can get out the door and probably get one sold, but if they're asking me technical questions, I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah. Uh, We found, you know, the, the, the moment we, we had a little pit of our pit in our stomach, there was an installer who'd been there for seven years or maybe even 10, the longest tenured employee is a champ. Uh, just getting a little older, you know, when you're installing for 10 years, man, your, your body starts to ache and hurt and you wanted to go into sales. And, you know, we kind of, well, you're not really client facing and you don't look like your typical comfort manager. That dude blew it out of the water because exactly what you said, he's technical. He knew our customers, right? He didn't come from anywhere. He knew the, the champion AC customers. He could talk it. He had a little bit of refinement of, hey, man, you don't have to get super technical with everybody, you know, but you're right. Those guys have such a high level of knowledge and their ability. It's, it's speaking a different language, right? You have to do that in your head. You know, I have so much admiration for people who are bilingual because they hear it, they process a language and they regurgitate a different language. And that's what those AC guys are doing. They're seeing things and they're, they're condensing all of those things down to the client and still coming off the smart by not using jargon like it's you're right it's it's a skill set and you have to pour into those guys i mean i mean perfect example is i can sell you this unit but you're gonna wait 100 weeks you know yeah with supply chain issues or i could sell you this unit and we can aftermarket this thing in and you can have it next week like mm-hmm. that's on top of just understanding what they need. Right. (laughs) So it's like, you know, that is such an amazing skill. Right. And so if you're somebody out there that's listening to this podcast that maybe doesn't want to do install anymore and it's getting a little bit older, you can have a good 15 to 20 year career making tons of money as a salesman. Mm -hmm. And I know one of our commercial guys who just happens to know everybody in town and doesn't want to be climbing (laughs) up ladders anymore. When he becomes a salesman, he's going to crush it because he knows the area, he knows the people, and he just, he understands his game. He understands how to talk to his people. Yeah. And I also think, you know, sales, especially in the trades, has changed and evolved over the past, you know, I'd say five to 10 years with a lot of private equity coming in, a lot of, you know, margin-based companies coming in to where if you have a feel for your clients and you can, you know, understand their needs you can go a very, I feel a very, very long way here because there aren't a lot of people, like you said, that are built to just come sell HVAC and plumbing. It isn't like you can just go to the car lot and find a salesman and say, hey, you're going to come sell medical equipment now. 
right? You have mm-hmm. to go find people. They got to understand the concepts because the worst thing that I've found that you can do in this industry is go to the guy who actually used to be an HVAC technician or knows enough to be dangerous and you can't answer their questions, it spreads like wildfire, right? Because mm-hmm. they know people mm-hmm. and they know everybody on the block. And, you know, if you're not trained up on the actual, you know, concept of HVAC, you're, you're going to have a hard time selling it, right? But if you, you can still come in and learn it, but it's going to take some time. It's not one of those things where you can come in and be a superstar immediately. You got to learn out of the guys who are doing it. And you got to go right on installs and on some service calls and understand people. Their needs in that home are completely different. You know, then even sometimes what they say on the phone. And then even to the fact, you know, one of the reasons why this podcast was created was, you know, my big issue, especially spending more time in this space, did it a little bit as a real estate investor, but the trades, you know, in my opinion, demand some respect. Um, <laughs> like it's cold where we're at right now. It's like 19. And these guys are getting up every morning and traipsing through the snow and making sure these people have heat and working long days and lifting up heavy equipment and climbing up ladders and moving stuff around. And there, we have gotten away as a society to understanding how hard this work is and how trying it is on their back. And, you know, uh, I'm not trying to be hyperbole here. But if older people in my area don't have heat, you know, we're talking about going to the hospital here. So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say like we're saving the world or anything, but let's 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 put some respect around uh, these guys that go out every day and work hard to make sure their community's safe. Yeah, I mean, you have people in Phoenix. I think it was what 110 degrees for I think it was like 61 straight days in Phoenix down here in San Antonio where we are. I mean, it was 100 degrees starting in May, right? It was April. It was rainy. Everything was green. I mean, it was it was nice. It was cool. And then all of a sudden, May hit, and it was 100 through September. Mm-hmm. And those guys, like mm-hmm. you said, they're getting up, they're grinding, they're keeping you cool. And and it's it's testy, right? Because you don't want to be in a 90 degree house or a you know or a two degree house where you are, right? But these guys have a job to do, and they're running into you. Maybe their six call of the day. And it's the same mm-hmm. issue mm-hmm. over and over and over again. They're trying to explain it. And there is a little bit of a cost there. But like you said, they're there to protect your home, you know. And mm-hmm. while you can always find it cheaper, you know, I'd say maybe 20 or 30% of the time that we used to get called out there is because some truck in a truck messed it up, you know, because mm-hmm. we wanted to go mm-hmm. find something cheaper. And, you know, these guys are out there grinding, you know, it's up north. In the south down here everywhere they're grinding for six months seven months out of the year they're not seeing their families that like you said they're waking up at, at six to make sure before the heat really or the cold hits your house that you're already cool you're already warm and they're sacrificing time with their families so you're right it mm-hmm. is time we put some respect on the technicians in the trades because you know i don't see a lot of people joining it and we're going to run out eventually if if there is an entire um force that just doesn't want to do it anymore because there's there's no respect and they get walked on i love it so so matt you've built up a life of experiences we've talked about a couple marketing director running companies restaurant business just in general life you know what is your basic like top three lessons for for others to kind of like whether they're looking for a shift in their life or they're a young guy looking to start out in in the business world what are your like lessons to life for them 
I'd say if, if you're starting off in, in the trades, if you're somebody like me who's coming in from the service industry and outside industry coming to work in the trades, I would say just sit back and learn and be impactful, right? Like these, most of the companies that I've come into have, they've had people there for eight, nine years who may be set in their ways or maybe an easier way to do it, but you can't come in full force. You got to show them how you're going to make their life easier. We kind of had that whole, is it Lion King, circle of life, making life easier. This is what yeah. we're going to do in the call center, right, to make life easier on our techs. And this is what we expect the techs to do to make life easier on the installers. And this is what, you know, all the way around. And it goes back into, you know, our marketing agency. If I can make life easier on them by having my team operate our CRM correctly, and we don't have to have a back and forth, and they can solve problems without even having to call me, my life just got easier. I don't have to spend five hours campaign tracking. Right. Mm -hmm. I would say big things. If you're starting your own business or, or if you're in it and you're new and you're having some trouble, do a quick zip code analysis. Right. If you're just starting off, it's going to be tough. You've been in business for 10 years or 15 years. And you've come into it. Understand where your clientele is. You can't be everything to everybody. Right. Track your campaigns. I, I spent more time tracking back and having to prove this person wrong or this person right make that a focal point right when you start off um, and then have really good relationships with your vendors. That's what I was, um, uh, I feel really good at was if we had vendors that came in, I was kind of that gatekeeper, right? Mm -hmm. Come chat with mm -hmm. me. I'll be, I'll be the relationship builder. And then eventually you can get to one of our owners, right? But mm -hmm. you, you can leverage your relationship with your vendors. If you're just nice to them, right? The, the old mm -hmm. adage was squeaky wheel gets the grease. That's not what I found. I found, again, if you're easy to work with and you have an issue and you're not mean about it or angry, they will resolve that issue, right? And they'll give you something mm -hmm. on the back end, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would say, again, if you're, if you're younger and you want to jump into this, understand there's a huge market for it. And there's a huge, huge career. Um, you, can, you can really go anywhere in your career. Operations, be field, you can be call center, you can be marketing. There's a ton, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to understand that there are ways that things have gotten done and there's a reason for it, right? But you have to also know where to make your impact, right? You can't just go in and say, I'm going to run everything, you know, go in and, and realize, listen to even in your interview, right? Like, hey, how can I most be, how can I be most impactful was a question I would ask, right? Another question I would say is, what do you spend time doing that you don't want to do, you know? And, and understand that if somebody, if you're interviewing with somebody, chances are they're a manager or director, and that's how you can go be impactful, right? Sh quick wins, base hits is what we said. I'm gonna go get a, I'm gonna go get, you know, all these base hits and be Tony Gwynn. I'm not worried about me being Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire mm -hmm. flamed out. Tony mm -hmm. Gwynn had a 15, 16 year career and hit 326 and is the greatest hitter of all time. And he just slapped at the ball, you know? It wasn't that he couldn't hit home runs. He didn't try to. Well, I had a I had a little exercise with one of my new guys. I said, he goes, I don't know which which division I want to work in. I said, well, let me let me ask you a question. I said, how many how many HVAC guys we got? I said, we got about twelve to thirteen. I said, how long is it going to take you to get in a truck? He goes, ah, that's going to be a couple years. I go, how many plumbers do I got? He said, you got two. I said, how many plumbing vans do I have? He said, three. I said, how long is it going to take you to be a plumber? <laughs> And get your van. He said about three weeks. I said, well, I'm not going to tell you what decision to make, but hey. And he there picked that and he's got his own thing. He's running his own thing. He's happy as a clam now. I, I just got a call from 
uh, one of our insurance agents, he fixed his toilet yesterday. So the guy's amazing. He's nice. I'd say the same thing about electricity. HVAC is the sexy job, but plumbing and electricity, <laughs> man, you could have a great business or just own your own company making some really good money if you go the routes that other people aren't willing to go. Yeah. And you know, especially in the, elect the electrical space and the plumbing space, I mean, we just got it down here during a, you know, we called it Snowvid where everything shut down. The whole state mm -hmm. of Texas almost shut down. I, right now, if somebody came in and knocked on my door and was talking about a whole home generator, I'd say, yeah, uh, let's talk about yeah. it. I may not be able to afford it, but I want to talk about it so I can know what it, what it will cost me later on. Um, yeah, I mean, I think plumbers and electricians are, are kind of, I wouldn't say an afterthought in the trades, but you're right. The people, they tend to draw more towards HVAC because they see these big companies and we're kind of the people that go really splashy with the marketing, you know, and, and plumbers and electricians usually tend to be more family owned just from what I've seen. Um, mm -hmm. But there is a huge, huge market, especially in the HVAC world. I need plumbers mm -hmm. constantly. I need electricians constantly. Um, mm -hmm. But there is a massive opportunity to come work in the trades and, and, and make a killing, honestly. We went and did a zip line tour with my dad and we played some golf in Colorado Springs. And the guy that was doing the tour was in his senior year for uh, electrical engineering. And I was like, hey, man, don't sleep on a on a commercial HVAC company. I was like, you're needed, man. Like you could really help them out with design and build. And he was like, wow, I never I never thought of that. Like there's so like there's so many different connections to the, like these different spaces. Uh, like I'll be frank, like I knew nothing about commercial HVAC or anything like that, and we do a lot of that in our business. It's just really mm -hmm. cool. I mean, these massive warehouses, and I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Like we put this in, like, and we did this design duck work, and it's like crazy and stuff. Like it's really cool. It feels like a kid. And then I had all the new guys. We install rooftops right up on this high building, and I made mm -hmm. them do it. And I was like, as a kid, like, didn't you want to be using cranes and stuff? And I was like, look at us yes. cranes. And they're, like, they're like, our job <laughs> is awesome. I'm like, yeah, see, yeah. see guys, this is like what we want to do as a kid. Yeah, we had that, uh, we were lucky enough to get a photographer when we used a crane at one of the buildings down here. The pictures came out great because you had the guy, they're happy, they're watching the crane, you know, watching the unit get loaded and you know, you, you, like you said, you see the results of your work. It's, you know, I've been with people and, and HVAC guys when we're out at, you know, um, you know, out at a restaurant, they go, I designed that, you know, I'm like, mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that's awesome. You know, you, you mm -hmm. can see it, Especially, like you said, on the commercial side, on the residential side, it's, it's neat. You're kind of, you're in the yeah. home. You're not kind of exposed <laughs> to the elements on the commercial yeah. side. Like, I just thought that was the coolest thing. You know, I was like, mm -hmm. I was just looking up. I was like, all that you, you did this. That's awesome, man. I, I kind of so want to cool. let everybody in the place know, like this guy is the reason that you're cool right now, you know? Mm -hmm. So what is your, um, I know you might be a little bit biased here in some of my eye, but what is your favorite thing about Lead Hub as a whole? Just um, the care. You know, I, I've i worked with multiple agencies in the past, whether it was through, um, through my time at Southern Air or Southwest Exteriors. Um, I've yet to find a company that cares as much as Lead Hub does. And by care, I mean the turnaround time, right? If, if I need something and, I, and I'm pressing on it, they're quick. They're very quick. Um, you know, they're, they're efficient. They, if something's happening, they, they answer my questions. Like I said earlier, they answer my questions before I even have to ask them. 
right? They get in there, they understand your business. And, you know, I, I think what's vital nowadays is you, you kind of hit it on the head with branding and marketing are completely separate things. Your marketing agency or your marketing person is only as good as the data that you provide them. You know, and LeadHub does a really good job of understanding each one of your businesses. If, if you're on Service Titan and you're somebody that's listening, you know that they, I could line a hundred companies up, and each one of those hundred companies is going to operate that differently, right? Mm -hmm. LeadHub is really good at understanding how you operate your CRM, right, and how they can help you pull data and how they can help you become more efficient. I've yet to find a company that's willing to do that. Honestly, you got a bank of hours. They're going to hit this. They're going to come out with some really cool report but it's not impactful. Mm -hmm. That's one of my mm -hmm. favorite things about lead hub is their ability to be impactful, their ability to work with anybody, their ability to, um, to answer tough questions and have tough conversations with business owners. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. If the business is not doing what it's supposed to be doing, they're not afraid to call it out. And I mm -hmm. think as business owners, that's something that we're not really used to hearing all the time, especially from vendors, because they want our money. It was like, yeah. hey, man, uh -huh. no, you're wrong. That mm -hmm. was, for me, you know, they're not going to come out and blatantly say that, but they'll say it in so many ways, and I respect that, you know, because it, yeah, you're right, maybe I should go look at this. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm looking at a campaign in Service Titan where, you know, we had, you know, a bunch of repeat customers, and they were like, well, repeat customers is not a campaign. That's just a fact. <laughs> you're right. Let's go back and look at them, you know, like Oops, the, those yeah. types of things. Yeah. And, and it moves the needle. It was, you know, we we're going to cut our ad spend in one, in one campaign. Like, well, let's go back and retrace these, you know, all of a sudden that campaign looked great, you know, and like, well, no, we shouldn't have cut that. We were getting 10 X on it. We as business owners, no matter where we are, um, have a tendency and I'm, I'm calling myself out as much as anybody else to only focus on what we enjoy. And when we do that, we leave a lot to be desired in our business. So if you're not putting attention to certain items of your business because you don't want to deal with it, right? Um, in my early 20s, I had this terrible habit of trying to outspend and outsell my problems. Mm -hmm. And it's cute, but it's a treadmill and it's exhausting. Yep. And when you try to outsell and you try to outbuild, it doesn't mean you're making money. And so you need to be tracking and you need to get real. My favorite book of all time, when I read it, man, dry is all dry, but I've read it like four <laughs> times, good to great. He said the true definition of a great company is to be honest with brutal facts. And I love that, that. One teaching changed my life because I no longer let my ego make decisions for me. I let the facts make the decisions. Mm -hmm. And um, again, you know, I talk about being lucky in a lot because I, I do believe that, right? I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say small town kid, there's 250,000 people in Shreveport, but came to San Antonio on a whim to be with a girl. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to be in this position now. And you're right, you, you have to, you have to be able to learn and understand people and like you said, not be afraid to tell people how it is because that's what's going to move the business. If not, I mean, revenue is great, but like you said, you're on a treadmill. It's just constant stress, stress of this. I mean, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? I don't see anything at the bottom line. Where, where's all my money going, right? It's take, take, take. But if you partner with, you know, with companies that have your best intention at heart, they know best business practices. They're running the business too, 
you know, you, you mm-hmm. have people in your network that can strengthen you. And I think it's vital, especially in this industry and in the trades that we reach out to each other and learn from each other. And, you know, my business is completely separate from your business. So me to say, this is why I'm successful. Go in, you know, go implement that. It ain't going to work for you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. those best practices will, but, but my exact approach will not work for you, but we can all learn from each other, you know, and you, you take it from here and you, you condense it down. You have a really good team that, understand your vision and can go support it. I love that. And if people want to reach out to you, they want to find you, we're going to put your information in the sun notes, but how would they do that? Uh, you can contact me at Maddie, M-A-T-T-Y at right, W-R-I-G-H-T-A-C.com. Uh, you can also uh, hit me up on, uh, on LinkedIn. I know you're dropping the link uh, down there for it. Um, I am an open book. I'm as, I try to be as honest as they come. So if you have a question, if you have a comment or, or, or kind of want to bounce ideas, I'm, I would love to, cause I, I love to learn. Guys, I hope something in this podcast struck you and it causes you to shift something in your life. But more importantly, no matter if you have a business, don't have a business looking for a change or you're just getting started, the answer that you're seeking is the person staring at you in the mirror. There is no other person in this world that can give you the strength that you need because it's already inside of you. And so choose today to put your foot in the ground and make a shift for the better. And this is why I'm doing this podcast. This is why I'm here putting in the time. And so I hope something struck you. And we'll see you next time. Send it to a friend, somebody that owns a business. Rate us, review us, and we'll see you next time. Folks, if you made it to the end of the episode... I'm sure you found some value with what you're listening to. If you could send this to a friend, rate us and review us, share us around. The more that you share us, the more that we can share content with you. Thank you all so much for your time and listening, and we'll see you next time.